the future of photography. Hey, hello, welcome. This is Chris Marquardt. You're listening to yet another episode of the Future of Photography. We're back together, the whole gang. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hey, hey, hey there. Okay, this is hey, this is at the beginning of the show where we're still allowed to talk over each other. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting better. We're getting better. Um, so let's see. We didn't get any new mails in since last week. Um, I don't think we really have to... Uh, we don't have any any things to clear up from the last episode, so yeah, let's dive right in with the photography highlight. Looks like a fun one you've got this week on the topic as well, but I'll come back it, to that in a minute, I guess. <laughs> well, the title everyone has read the title to this one: stress and photography. Hey, let's find out if that's a fun one or not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's, let's kick this off with the photography highlights. Uh, Adrian, while you were talking, why, why don't you pick this up? Ah, well, do you know what? I'm prepared. I have a photography highlight. No. Um, so th this, this is, this is not about me, actually. This is about, well, it's about my enjoyment of something. Um, but it, it is, uh, actually something that is a, a published body of work uh, and a bit of a competition, I think, as well. Um, you may all have heard of a, a little magazine called the British Journal of Photography. Um, legendarily and, and self-promotingly, uh, been published since 1854. Mm -hmm, I've heard of and, it. And uh, they have uh, recently uh, published a whole body of work. Uh, it says, I'll read you the, the headline from the web page that's in the show notes. British Journal of Photography is proud to present the 200 shortlisted and 100 winning images for this year's Portrait of Britain. Um, and so this is this is my highlight of the week. I got lost in this for ages and there's some awesome stuff in there. Awesome stuff. Um, I'd advise everybody to go and spend a few minutes, uh, but don't do it, don't do it unless you've actually got a few minutes because <laughs> it, it'll take you a while. Um, what it tends to be is each portrait and the portraits are amazing. Uh, they're from lots and lots of different people. And, and most of them have a few sentences about how the portrait came about or the person that is the subject of the portrait and why. Um, and uh, you've got some that are you know, just people taking photos of their family. You've got people who have you know, professionals on assignment who have taken photos photos of, of famous people uh you know the, the, there's all sorts of stuff going on there represented from lots of places around the world um and yeah go get lost in a whole bunch of really cool portraits that's so, my tip um i've just opened this uh while mm. we're talking and now i think we have to stop recording this episode yeah, yeah. see what i mean <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff this is really good stuff i like it yeah, yeah um I, I i think that the what we would call the new portraiture, uh, which is very, very much um, a, I, I guess a representative, a representative of of how we each see each other and how that evolves. If you look back a hundred years and the kind of portraits that were very interested um, in taking their kind of pace from painting. We now have moved to a more cinematic approach to looking at people and understanding how they represent themselves and how we want to represent them. So I think it really, I, I took a few minutes and went down that rabbit hole and I found it very cinematically appealing as well as the subjects, of course, are very open and uh, spectacular. 
I, I think that's a really good point. Um, I, I, yeah, and we, we all see a lot, uh, many of the clickbait links that we see these days say, you know, make your images more cinematic and stuff like that. But actually there is a, there, there is a, 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 an aesthetic running through these that, uh, you know, that, that it, it is a field where people, there's a much more environmental portraits than I would have expected to see years ago. Uh, and they are, you know, people have obviously thought about the setting. They've thought, you know, there's thought about the lighting of the environment as well as the lighting of the subject. So I think, yeah, that, that's a good observation. Have any I'm of lost you, uh, in the screen here. <laughs> <laughs> and this is and this is the result of of a of an open open competition of sorts, because mm -hmm. because I, the way I look at those now, and I'm just looking at the overview page of the winners. Is that they sort of they go go together so well that it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. uh, like a hundred different people have taken them. So it looks more like a, a body of work from just a few. So that's a good observation as well. And mm -hmm. and having spent a, a whole bunch of time lost down this rabbit hole, I I did note start to notice that some of the photos had a similar look and feel to them, a similar aesthetic. And there are some photographers that have got more than one entry um mm. so so i think it it, it did feel to me as well as a, like a, a a curated collection um but i mean they 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 spoke some somewhere around here and it may be on the it may be on the main um british journal of photography uh, uh british journal of photography website that that talks about um how it is that they actually made these things um uh, how they did the judging and things like that but uh certainly um it's uh it's uh open to lots and lots of people um i think if you're not a member of of the uh, of the british journal of photography's club uh you can pay to enter should you choose to um and so yeah it's all um it's uh it it, it is uh, it is open to people but there you go <laughs> okay Awesome. Wonderful. Can I, can I just can I just throw in something to ask all of you uh, if you've ever uh, set out to do a formal portrait of someone and it could be a family member and I'm not talking about just a captured snap, but like some uh, image where you really wanted to capture the essence of the person, whether it be a friend or family member or assignment. Um, and how did that go? <laughs> I just recently did that just a few days ago, actually, with Monica, my better half, because uh, she was interviewed by a magazine for something she did, and they, um, yeah, they needed some photos, and um, it, it was, it was a good experience, especially as Monica is notoriously not happy in front of the camera, so <laughs> she, um, but, but we have, we've done this several times, so now we're kind of a good team, so uh it it works there's more trust now that i won't take a bad photo of her and uh mm, interesting i i tend to get i tend to get lumbered with the recording family events job um and uh whenever there is a, an extended family photo to take where you know um you have to get three generations and every member of three generations has to be in the shot i i end up uh often being tasked with doing those ones as well um rarely have i done formal portraits of a family member um but i did set myself a couple of years ago i set myself a, a little a personal assignment um 
uh, to to take more portraits and actually to get introduced to strangers. Um, I based it um, around a theme where whoever I took their portrait, they would have to introduce me to somebody else. Mm. Um, And uh, uh, the the portraits I got from that were very, very interesting. Sadly, my my chains of introduction didn't last very long because once you get a couple of people away, nobody's really invested in asking you to, yeah, in in keeping up the process going. But uh, but I did have a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah, it's great. Like a visual chain letter. Yeah, it, I yeah. was. It was inspired from a, a, a radio show here in the UK, um, which is called Chain Reaction, uh, and it's a it's a, an interview, a one on one interview show uh, where uh, performers, you know, it's celebrities or comics or musicians interview each other. So you'd have one person they 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 would interview somebody they know, and then the next show the interviewee would be the interviewer, and they would they they would interview somebody they know, and you end up with this chain of connections. Um, and uh, I, I thought I'd base it on that, um, and it was it was really interesting to try it out, but yeah, and and to work with people that I didn't really know very well. Often, taking a portrait reveals more about you than them. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, definitely does. Okay, um... uh, as a nice um, segue into the topic of stress, I once did a wedding for oh, that um, must have been my friend's sister. <laughs> That was very, very stressful. And also, once uh, I don't do things by halves, I volunteered to do the school photograph, uh, as in, you know, the individual student photographs in in the primary school when my son was quite small. Um, Yeah, I did that once. How how many (laughs) kids? I didn't do it again. Um, Oh, goodness. There must have been 50 or 60 anyway. Okay. Over the course of the day, I mean, everyone doesn't take it up, but it was fun. It was fun, and I did. I definitely had a particular favourites. There was, you know, you can see the character of the child in, in in those portraits. I think anyway. That's just reminded me. Actually, I have to do that this coming weekend. Uh, it, it's my daughter's birthday party, which she's sharing. Her birthday was a little while ago, but she's sharing it with uh, a two or three other girls. And it's a roller skating party, a roller disco party. And there's a whole bunch of neon tutus and things like that. So um, I, I have to take the, uh, yeah, the, the, the the photos of the of the kids at the parties. I think there's going to be 18, eight-year-old girls or something like that. So it's going to be absolute oh, wow. carnage. <laughs> That's so 80s, isn't it? Oh yeah, it totally. Is. They're they're well yeah. looking forward to it. We've got the uh, hanging up around our house at the moment are about fifteen neon glowing tutus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, right. it'll be a bit of fun, and hopefully, it takes some nice funky po- fo- photographs of. Uh, of the yeah, kids. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jeremiah, what's your photography highlight? Um. The work of a photographer who has really captivated me this week. I wasn't aware of his work, but his name is Morton Barker, M-O-R-T-E-N, and his last name is B-A-R-K-E-R. His work is unlike anything that I've ever seen. Um, MortonBarker.com is the, uh, the link to his site. I don't quite remember how I kind of chanced on it. But his work is made up of combinations of stuff that he's taken, stuff that's uh, from NASA, uh, what we would call photo bashing, borrowed images, constructed, and absolutely unique. A very, very um, singular eye, singular 
voice really in photography. And I, I really do encourage people to look at uh, the work in the context of how photography is evolving, both kind of from an aesthetic and a technical level. It, it's quite magical. I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. Wow, that's some intense stuff. Yeah. I really like so, this. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to find out more about his work. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of blown away by this. When did you when did you find him and how did you find him? I found him this week. Of course, I'm always stirring the pot on the kind of kind of false narrative work or constructed digital art um, and who's who's kind of pushing the boundaries of uh, the, you know, that kind of work, whether you want to call it photography, digital painting or or anything. Uh, obviously, it's something that appeals to me. Uh, for my own work. Um, and so I think it was one of those uh, footnoted links in an article that I had read, you know, where somebody had just mentioned, not unlike the work of Morton Barker. And I'm, <laughs> who's Morton Barker? And, you know, did a search and then found him. And wow, very glad I did. All right. Incredible. That's it. That's Isn't my photo pick of the week. Yeah, yeah. There's a blur. I mean, there's a blurring of a line there for me. There's something. They're like paintings. Um, yeah. And is it is it photography now, or are we into painting? Is it is it art? You know, is that the line is getting blurred, isn't it? Well, yeah, Emer. I mean, that yeah. that is very much the um, the question I ask myself, or people do ask me. Uh, about my work, whether I consider myself a photographer. I, I do, because that is where I really began. I started there. And, and also, I do work in, I, I would say, semi-traditional um, photography. I mean, I do shoot mm. with a camera. What, what I end up with often doesn't look like that, though I do experiment lately this week with, say, anaglyph printing black and white anaglyph printing and we can we'll have a whole topic of that to discuss at future dates but um i often would would kind of hear people describe my work as digital art rather than photography mm. so yeah i would definitely say it's closer to that realm than than to the photographic but yeah it's fascinating isn't it there you go <laughs> So we're going to talk about stress. Yeah, I'll, and, and, I'll, and I'll connect that with my highlight because that is also my highlight. Uh, it's a realization that I recently had, or actually I had for quite a while over the years, that um, that often when I especially speak with amateur photographers, but also professionals, that everyone seems to have something that stresses them out about photography. Some area of the photography that they find stressful. So what I recently did is I I sent a tweet out asking uh, in German, but uh, in English I'll, I, I expect the same kind of results. And I also then followed up in English that um, that said, what stresses you out most about photography? Very simple one. And this was the most reacted to tweet that I had in probably a year. So... In 24 hours, there were like 
thousands of views. There were 60, 70 interactions, 40 answers. And so I thought I'd go in and try to group them, try to find common themes. And I did find common themes. But before we go into those, before I reveal those, um, I'd like to ask all the three of you, what is it that, that you find stressful about photography? So, Jeremiah, let's start with you. Uh, I have to say as a kind of a knee-jerk reaction, I, I would say nothing. But that's uh, overly simplistic. When I began as a photographer, my very first job, I remember uh, really sweating it. Uh, it was a professional job, and I was quite nervous about it until I kind of had a self-realization that... Well, I really do want to be a photographer. So if I'm stressing about the work and being ready to do the work, then I, I'm going to rob myself of the enjoyment of the work itself. And so from that point on, I really decided that the stress as a professional was really more related to not getting work than the work itself. Um, the simple stresses in the professional life, of course, when we use labs, is just making sure that you did not make some kind of foolish error in the film when you're working for a client would come back not as intended. So that, that's um, mostly, so mostly technical things. Technical stress. Yeah. In terms of aesthetic stress, I think you put that kind of pressure, rather, I think I would call it more pressure than stress. Uh -huh. Because uh, stress, you know, one could wake up <laughs> in a nervous kind of quandary about one's life. But, but with, with the pressures of trying to just be, and I put this in quotation marks, better at what you do uh, every day, of pushing the boundaries and, and, and just being um, true to the form, uh, I, I think there are a lot of um, intrinsic stresses in social media of, quote, not being recognized, unquote, not being liked enough. But I think all of those things are life lessons that you really have to put behind you right? Um, in, in order to kind of keep going. Because, you know, comparing one's work to others is a rabbit hole you really don't want to go down. <laughs> Can be very, very unhealthy, yes. It could be very unhealthy, in fact, yes. But I think um, it, uh, appreciating other people's work and, and utilizing the inspiration of other people's work will take care of yeah. that. So the, the I, word... I, I'm not, not a great person for stressing about creative work. Well, I think, I think uh, you've also done this for long enough to kind of know what, what, what stresses you out or what not or what to avoid or how to go about certain things. So, but pressure oh, was can really... I, can I just... Can I, can I just parenthetically say that as a sure. filmmaker, when you're creating imagery on, on set with a, with a crew, when the light is disappearing and there's work to do, that's very stressful. <laughs> I understand, yeah. But pressure, the word pressure came up quite a lot. So this was pretty high on the list. So, Imar, what do you find stressful uh, about photography? You know, I think, I suppose... It depends what you're doing it for in terms of, you know, if it's a paid job and you know you're, you're, it's somebody else's expectations and I would find that very stressful. Um, 
in general, <laughs> just the judgment of it or whatever. But um, uh, when when you're just doing it for pleasure, I suppose you're just the only person you're really competing against is yourself. And I mean, the, does that ever stop if you're, you know, everyone is a perfectionist in their own way, I suppose. And, you know, I think paid work now, photography work would stress me out. But my own just creative stuff, just me messing about, wouldn't I wouldn't find stressful at all. So it's I suppose it depends on what your motivation is. I mean, you, you, you work as a photographer all the time. So, I mean, I imagine is, is that part of your stress or is that what you meant when you asked the question? Is it that type of thing that, that stresses you about it? Well, I kept the question very wide open for for a reason because yeah. because yeah. I, I I knew that a lot of different people would answer and uh, yeah and so if somebody to me in my mind somebody who's just doing photography as a hobby um, I don't know how you would get stressed out about that really well you'd be surprised I think I think pressure is really a big thing especially especially in, in terms of social media Instagram and so on where where you see a lot of uh, in quotes successful people who only show the best parts of their life or fabricated pieces of imagery uh, that uh, yeah. that kind of give you the message that your life is probably not as uh, is way but, more but boring but we all know that it's fabricated at the same time so well yeah. you know we like to you don't think we're aware of all these things so so what we know it's fake so why would we let it bother us you know <laughs> i wonder yeah, i don't know I, <laughs> I know i know i know but uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure a lot of people know um mm -hmm. adrian what's yours ah, so, so so i've had the luxury of going third here haven't i so i i i've, I've been thinking this through so i i've never done a full wedding but i have done the bridal prep part of a wedding for a family member uh and i enjoyed that actually i didn't really find that stressful at all i might i might have got a little bit stressed if i was doing the ceremony but mostly i was fine with that did, did you um, did you do any expectation management up front yes because that is my that is my <laughs> strategy to keep the stress out so so i i was originally asked to be the main photographer for that wedding And I said to them, yeah, I, I had to say to the bride and groom, lovely people and both work in creative industries themselves. Uh, I had to say to them, look, the photography of mine that you enjoy is the result of working more slowly and deliberately than I could ever do at a wedding. So I'd be very happy to do it for you, but I worry that you may not get what you're looking for. And they thought about that. And because they're creative people, they understood the the, 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 the challenge there. And they, they went and hired a professional for their ceremony and asked me to do the bits around. So and that worked out very nicely. So you, so that, that avoided stress. Yeah. Um, I wonder, the do they prefer your pictures to the, the, the more posed ones, you know, because you were so relaxed? Uh, well, I, 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 you know, some people like post wedding photos, others don't. Um, I, I personally, the favorite photos of my own wedding are, are absolutely not the posed ones. Uh, they are the, yeah, the ones that's that I'm came saying. about more organically. Um, so, so that, that, that I managed to avoid that source of stress. 
Um, what what do I find stressful? Do you know one of the things I find stressful is if I open the fridge looking for a roller 120 and it's full of 35 mil and I really don't want to shoot 35 mil and I just think oh and, and it's and, and that the, do you know what having a whole box of Portra that's just about to go out of date and I know there's one in my fridge at the moment where a whole five pack of Portra has, has just gone out of date and that stresses me out it's just I have too many fridge. cameras I have too many cameras but but they all they all they all fulfill a purpose right and um, so i don't have lots of the same kind of camera i just have lots and lots of different kind of cameras but sometimes that's a stressful thing in its own right sometimes you just want to you don't you want that to go away and you just want to be presented something like, there you go go out take a photo don't worry don't hang around the house for 45 minutes worrying about what roll of film you're going to put in what camera or is it digital today or which point and shoot should i take <laughs> this is this this again this also came up a bit in terms of um uh under the the umbrella of clutter clutter in your equipment you have too much so the choice is getting harder it is and i i, I do suffer from that i i'm not a i'm not a person who hoards things um i i do like to clear out and keep it keep my house you know keep, keep my kit you know, clean and tidy and 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 get rid of things that that are not getting used Uh, but with some, especially with the older cameras, the film cameras, you 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 know that at this point it's really unlikely you'll ever be able to replace them. So even if you don't think you want to use them, it's difficult to get rid of them. Um, but I don't but have is that, is that stress is that stress or just um, the kind of uh, future hoarders <laughs> sense of um, I just want to hold on to it because I may use it in a year. <laughs> um it's uh, i i think so, sometimes i just think uh, you know the, the part of me that wants to keep uh you know fleet of foot and, and not have too much clutter has a has a mental clash with the person that knows that some of this kit is not replaceable um or uh, and uh and therefore is uh and and you know therefore i have a, an inner stress if you like but but Yeah, you know, uh, uh, having said all of that, that's a luxury, right? That is definitely a luxury problem to have. I have more cameras that I like that I can choose to use. I mean, that's 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 a luxury problem. <laughs> poor Adrian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor me. Poor me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so for me, the stress of, um, the stress in a paid situation, I've uh, really become very good over time to do. That, that sort of an expectation management to make sure that I can deliver what they expect. And that really has, uh, that really has taken a lot of stress out for me. The, the answers in groups. Okay. High on the list, top of the list by far was time. People are stressed out about having enough time to shoot. And the most of, most of the people who answered are hobbyists, right? So, uh they they have to balance that with family and job and whatever else so time was high on the list for 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 doing photography to practice and mm. also to then sort and and rate and and administer the pictures to do the post processing that kind of stuff that's that's a good one i'm not massively keen on post processing 
Um, I don't mind. I don't mind downloading and backing up. That's mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that, we, yeah, we had that discussion before, that. right? The workflow discussion, where I'm pretty adamant about workflow is important if you want to improve your photography. So it, it's yes, really me, a very me, interesting. Me, me too. Balance. You want the workflow to be as light as possible, so you can focus on taking photographs. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I just kind of circle this back to like just stress in general? Because of course, is is the stress that we may feel creatively really a kind of a leakage from the stress that is part of daily life that we apply to our work? Because all of us were privileged to be able to take photographs, whether it's paid or not, in, in doing something we love doing. Really, if, if we're reductive about it, it should not be stressful at all. Everything else in our life, managing our, our children, our lifestyle, politics, all of these things, our incomes, all of these things are very stressful as humans. But when we work creatively, theoretically, we should not feel stress. But because we're humans, which, of which stress is a condition, we then can apply it to, with rigor to either become better at what we do or worse. That's a good challenge. No comment. I'm processing. I'm processing. Go ahead. I, I have a comment on that because actually, uh, and it's linked to what I was saying about post-processing as well. I think, I think you're right. I think it is, you know, uh, it, it can be quite an indulgent process. And I think one of the, top, one of the things that I find that I don't do enough because I'm lazy, but I always enjoy when I push myself to do it is pre-production. I would far rather, and and the production, but I'd far rather be spending my time working on the concepts and the, the, uh, the production uh, elements than I would sitting in front of a computer afterwards, sorting through a thousand pictures. Um, Yeah. So, so for me, the, the, the pre-production is creative and the production bit is creative and the post-production bit, which I know is also a creative thing, but it's something that is less of an interest for me, um, is, is the thing that I, you know, uh, I would like to balance my time on the pre-production side. And then I think, Jeremiah, I'm in your space, which is actually it should be a, it should be enjoyable, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's but, uh, too many things <laughs> in my life that are not enjoyable. <laughs> to kind of I'm just, uh, apply that to photography. I'm just thinking there now that if I did have like this selection of cameras that Adrian had and all those choices available to me, I probably would be completely stressed by it all. But um, I think probably because of the way I just work simply, it's to me that's a different thing. Like my camera camera is a totally different thing entirely. And I, I don't really get to do that. But, I mean, talking to you all every week now is really making me want to do it again, which is probably going to end up stressing me out because I won't have the time to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so the time, the time is, a, is a form of pressure. The time would be, yeah. would definitely be a pressure, wouldn't it? When you think about it. Because if you, if you pick that up again, then it would mean you'd need more time sure. to well, be able to practice it? and so on. Where yeah? would I do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and looking and, at all these gorgeous portraits and everything now, it's really, it's, 
you know, it's it's actually really it's calling me now. Like <laughs> all the arty you know, so stuff is sort of calling me back. I have a tip for you there, Ema. Then something that will mm. help make the process more streamlined and ha- maybe can help you use your big camera. Um, mm. Which is uh, one of my favourite and most useful gadgets is the the little dongle that lets me download photos off a camera card into my phone. Okay. Uh, and in my case, all my cameras uh, use SD cards, so I've just got a little Apple dongle that you shove. It. It's basically an SD card redoing it with a with a lightning connector on one end, oh, and that means that yeah. I can shoot in. I can shoot with my big cameras or whatever cameras I have with me, and if I'm flipping through the images on the back screen and I think, oh, that's great, I can. I want to do something with that one. I can in in a matter of moments get it onto my phone. And yeah, then you don't have to worry about yeah. It, so, some cameras have Wi-Fi, and I know these days a lot of new ones do. But that tends to be to me really clunky and experienced to use as a user. Mm-hmm. And you end up with a small JPEG instead of a RAW file and stuff, or, or whatever it is. There's always something wrong when I try and use that. Mm-hmm. But but the but the little the little dongle uh, is a real lifesaver and can um, reduce the time that you have to spend on mechanical stuff to be creative. So it increases your creative time. Okay, that's definitely something to explore, yeah. I would, I would second that. Uh, I travel with that too. I think it's, it's absolutely a must when you just are taking photos and then you find yourself with 10 or 15 minutes just to use some of your apps to, you know, muck about with it. And, just, yeah, um, tweak them. Yeah, tweak it. Um, so you get a very very fine quality image because you're shooting raw you can convert it any way you want and off you go and you have the kind of intuitiveness of your apps and your yeah. you know yeah 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 you stick good. you stick with your with the tools you're used to yeah it's great and and there you go so so on topic for this week that definitely would reduce the stress very good okay <laughs> okay, okay that, that, i like it Let's find some reduction um, measures or or methods for the next one that was pretty high on the list. And it, again, is a general topic of pressure, but it is the others. The others. In terms of the others are taking better photos, the others and their feedback, the others others don't don't play by the rules. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. There's always somebody better than you, you know. You can't I know. worry about that oh, kind of thing, can you? I suppose. Tr- trust me, I know that. It's, it's easy to say that, of course. <laughs> but it was it was interesting that it was so high on the list that the others are a reason, mm. and it might might be a social media thing there, but um, it really made me mm. think. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't describe it, that it as expectations. Mm. Yeah, I think what what is your intention in taking the picture? Or taking pictures, you know, as a group. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say, oh, they're a better photographer than either. They may be different. They well, may have a different the, point of view, a different life. But. That is the perception that the people who answered to my tweet have. So for them, it's a, it feels real, even though it might not others. be that way. <laughs> it's like the movie with Nicole Kidman, The Others. <laughs> yeah, it's their fault. Well, it's not mine. <laughs> I, th- I think that requires a lot more uh, psychological work. Probably. <laughs> just, just adjusting <laughs> one's gear yeah. or watch. I, I think that it may be the kind of thing that we notice in the photography or social media 
um, versions of reactions to our work. But uh, in, in fact, it, it really that isn't really the issue. The issue is how do we feel about ourselves? You know, what is our, you know, what is our intention as kind of humans and artists? And how do we see ourselves in terms of are we good enough generally as people? Um, I think a lot of that stuff, if you're into photography, if creative work, yeah, you tend to project all of that stuff onto your work for better and worse. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think in today's online culture, there is kind of a, there are there are the online platforms, picture platforms, and so on, where you collect likes or points or whatever that kind of that sort of train us to be competitive when it comes to that. I'm glad you said the word competitive because that's where I was going to chip in. Why is it that people assume that these things are competitive? Because there are platforms that make it competitive. Where, okay, where, yeah. where Fav's yeah. uh, favorites or likes or stars or hearts are are uh, uh, a perceived currency. Yeah, that's a fa fair point. Fair point. And and by yeah, we wouldn't have risen to the top of the food chain if we weren't inherently competitive. So there's a there's a genetic element to it as well. But the yeah, I I I think one of the one of the challenges I I find is is. Uh, not we're not challenges but one of the things i like to do is to get together a group of people and then try and do something creative collaboratively rather than competitively so all go out and take a photo yeah great you can do this on i tell you one is a good place to do this is on photo walks um if you're with a group of people and sometimes some of them you'll know quite well some of them you'll never have met before and all all things in between and to try and do something collaboratively rather than competitively so when you all get to that bit where you've stopped for a coffee or a beer or whatever part way through the photo walk and you're sharing the photos that you've taken try and try and create something collaborative rather than oh his is better than mine or hers is better than mine or or or, or whatever it is you know because that's you know uh, I don't know it's just something maybe, maybe it's maybe that's just me maybe that's my attitude to to the world which is i always think it's better to work together but there you go <laughs> maybe i'm an idealist or a, or a communist or something maybe i'm a communist that's a bit, there's a thought <laughs> no I, I i would say i would say as as a filmmaker um that kind of collaboration is in the very dna of the work itself um i remember adrian when you and i originally spoke you you had uh, you had said uh, an interesting topic at some point maybe well what is it like to make images with a cinematographer or with a, a, a gaffer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, those are extremely um, collaborative moments in terms of whether it's camera motion, whether it's composition, hard edge composition, whether it's uh, the lighting itself and how that changes. Those are, they're very much uh, discussions, part intellectual part emotional um, when one shares a common uh, kind of goal I think those collaborations become really interesting and of course you're always looking together to make something um, better uh, greater than the sum of the parts and and so that's inherent um, and you don't ever certainly I don't go like well the light on that 
you know, window reflection. That was my idea. That was his idea. But that I, would I make like the <laughs> credits of the movie so much longer. <laughs> oh, yes, they would. <laughs> For, it's, it's, imagine shooting that at 24 frames a second. So, oh. and describing yeah, that, all that's, of those that's, a really, that's a good point, Jeremiah. That's a really good point. And may, maybe I've, I've got an idea. I'll try that on my next photo walk, actually, to, to make one image together, not just to yeah. make different images. Or, or our own images but in a collaborative way but to make one image together it brings uh, it reminds me of the the work of um uh, gregory crudson yes a perfect um, example who who uh, as i understand it i've seen some programs on him or videos or films or whatever and he uh, he works very much in the manner of a a film or tv crew but actually his output is a still photograph Oh, yeah. That's right. He works with a DP and a lighting crew and prop crew and actors and location managers and, and, and. Um, and, you know, he doesn't even click the shutter. That's Is that just right? So, yeah. That's so, just so what, <laughs> what, does, what does that do to the copyright law then? <laughs> <laughs> he oh, signs goodness. it. Uh, we'll, it's all it's all contracted out before you start. Okay, fair enough. We'll talk more about the co copyright things in the next episode. <laughs> uh, indeed, yes, good point. Okay, um, let me pick another one off that list. Um, being overwhelmed is another stress factor that a lot of people had, um, and they and there's under groups again. There's like the technical being technically overwhelmed because mm. the cameras are so complex especially people who thought that buying a more expensive camera would make things easier for them and then finding out that that is not necessarily the case because the more professional tools might be just uh, more complicated to use. Um, that's one area and the other is just uh, a, a general sense of being overwhelmed because they returned from the third vacation in a row with 5,000 pictures that I haven't worked on yet. So that's uh, just a, a clutter topic, pretty much. That would make me happy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Coming back with 5,000 pictures, I would say, I know I have one good one in there. I just know That's it. the spray and pray approach. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, yeah that, I, I would get stressed out by having that, from, that many photographs, I think. I don't, I, I don't shoot a vast number of photographs. Um, I'm, I'm not the sort of person who put my camera on burst mode to get one shot. Um, but the, uh, yeah, that, that's another reason. So there, there's, there's where the little dongles come in again, because if you want to travel, because you know, if you want to travel without a computer, because that can be stressful sometimes, so having to lug around a computer and you always get your work emails when you don't want them and stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. that, that, that again is where just an ability to get stuff off your camera or cameras um, and uh, work on them just, you know, whilst you're in uh, a creative, relaxed space like a, a a trip or a vacation, then that 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 works well. And then the rest of uh, them, you, you can just leave. <laughs> Adrian, in response to that, uh, do you think if I sent you out with an eight by ten camera into an environment and I said, "Come back, but just take one image," would that be equally stressful? No, no. I'd still very much enjoy the process. In fact, I might even enjoy it a bit more. Um, sometimes I struggle to shoot 15 or 12 in a medium format, you know, um, uh, not often, sometimes, but, but I tell you what, I really, I really do struggle to finish a roll of 35 mil. 
I uh, tend to be with you. I, 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 sh I don't shoot that much when I shoot. That's why if I had 5,000, I'd be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's an element where shooting digital stresses me out, actually, um, because often I end up with more photographs. And, and I, I do try and enforce the discipline of if I put the camera to my eye and I don't see a good shot, walk away, mm. which, of course, is what mm. you do naturally when you're using a scarce resource. Um, yes. But with digital, it's not a scarce resource. So how is it that you uh, how is it that you uh, maintain that discipline? And I do I do really try. And even with a digital camera, if I put the camera to my eye and the shot is not there, I will do my best to walk away. The, the difficulty I have is in the grey areas where the shot. I think well, it's not a shot. It's not a shot. I, I know this isn't a keeper but I probably should capture it anyway in case I don't get the keeper. <laughs> that's, that's my da That's my downfall. If I could walk away from those as well, I, I'd, I'd be a genius. <laughs> but that's something that film has taught me as well. The, um, yeah, the, the, the ability to walk away to realize, nope, this is not a picture and then not take the digital one. But again, I'm depending on where I am and what, what I shoot, I might be the person sometimes who returns with 5,000 pictures. But I have learned the strategies to deal with them. That's the difference. So they will not sit there for months. They will be worked on. This Just brings us back to the workflow. <laughs> mm, yeah. Any, any more stresses from your, from your respondees or respondeurs? Um, the, the, the whole topic of clutter. Clutter was uh, also high on the list. Clutter, again, as a result of taking too many pictures clutter in their catalog they can't find anything or have duplicate pictures because the software is not easy to to handle or many similar pictures like 20 pictures of that rose even though <laughs> you probably only need two or three of it <laughs> someone's laughing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it is, so it is an interesting thing and it's a, for me it's a it was a point of i don't know whether I don't think I'd call it a point of learning and I'd, I'd hesitate it to call it a, a point of maturity. But there was definitely a point where I felt that it was OK, right, that not every image was looked after and that some images were lost um, and, and things like that. Because, you know, I think with with all of this stuff and, you know, every, everywhere you go, everybody's saying, well, what's your backup strategy? You can't lose any images. And that that's very true if, if it's a commercial venture of some kind or, or you know, what, what, with whatever you know, motive or, or output. But, you know, for a lot of us, uh, and I think for probably for a lot of people listening to this podcast, do you know what? what? What would happen if you didn't have those photos or what would happen if you lost a thousand photos what would be the bad thing that would happen if you lost a thousand photos probably nothing at all <laughs> for, for, for a great many people is that the tree falling in the forest <laughs> only if it's an amateur tree jeremiah if it's a professional tree, it's very important to have backups of triplicate yeah, a okay. lot of sound. <laughs> so I think I think let's wrap this topic up here. Um, I do because I am on this on this kind of a research uh, thing right now where I want to find out more about what stresses people out about photography. I do have a web page open, a little form um, that I would like everyone who listens to this to go to and fill in their stresses. What stresses you about photography? Because um, yeah, I don't know what's going to come of this, but it's interesting to find out these things. So. And and maybe and maybe uh, also supply an idea about 
how this could be dealt with, the stress could be reduced. Okie dokie. Um, we're at the end of the show. Time for the picks of the week. Let's do a quick... Uh, let's do a little lightning round. Um, I'll take the lead on this. I have uh, a HomeKit set up here. Apple HomeKit with lights being automated, that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a home automation thing. And one thing that has kept me... Uh, well, the, one thing I wanted to integrate there is cameras couple of cameras that look out in the garden that kind of thing so you can from wherever you are look look on your mobile uh, device and see what's going on in the garden that kind of stuff and those HomeKit cameras are relatively expensive um, there is now an open source program uh, open source project where you can use a, a Raspberry Pi and a camera with it if you're a bit technical minded and set up a cheap HomeKit compatible camera for probably 30 bucks maybe as opposed to the 200 bucks that these things usually cost so i've dabbled with that and it's a pretty capable little system so we'll link that in the show notes Thank yeah you. you should do a show you should do a show of imagery <laughs> it's almost the same picture just at different <laughs> times of day with different light which is a good way to learn about light yeah there you go yeah be interesting to put one in the garden if you had um, nice wildlife, you know. Yes. You might mice. Some... Mainly mice here right now. <laughs> Squirrels here. Oh, that's not very interesting. <laughs> some nice foxes or. <laughs> okay, who's you know? next? Adrian, what's your pick of the week? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with a favourite of mine, actually, um, uh, and it is a light. Um, so uh, it is a light I've had for a little while now. Um, it is called uh, in front on the desk in front of me. It's called the Yongnuo YN360 Mark II, which is uh, uh, an LED light, um, and it's uh, in a, a wand form. So oh, it's, is that it's, the lightsaber kind of thing? It is a lightsaber yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Looks uh, very cool. It, it it is awesome uh, it does uh it does all colors of white from about 3200 up to 5600 um and it also does rgb um and it's cheap and it's cheerful uh and uh it it just it, it's just great um and i use it as a desk lamp i use it for photography i use it for all sorts of stuff this is the second version right the f I, because i have the first one and this is the second one looks kind of yeah this is this is different. the mark II. i don't have any experience with the mark one so i won't i won't comment about this but i i, I have read that the mark ii version is is a bit is a material step up in in how it behaves as as a, a giver of light Very cool. um so yeah that that's my thing i think you know, it's it's one of my it, it's one of my go-to lights at, uh, yeah at this point um uh and uh yeah lot, lots and lots of fun i, I know i think uh, i don't know i'm one of these people that loves using lights for, for photography i like to manipulate the light um and uh so i'm i believe that you can never have too many lights <laughs> and this one, good. Good, this, stress, this one is a good this one is like of, stress coming just like cameras <laughs> No, no, no. Do you know what? No, absolutely. That is the weird thing. That is the really weird thing. I do not get stressed out about having too many lights. That's just good. <laughs> <laughs> right. That relieves stress because when I've got a mental image of what I want an image to look like, or what or it's in my head and I need kit to get it out of my head and, and into the camera. And often the kit I need is lighting kit because it's the light that I'm, that I'm imagining. 
And so you, uh, for me, it, it'd be nigh on impossible to have too many lights. Very good. I wonder, okay. if, you, I wonder if you dialed uh, a the red, you know, basically took an R, G, and B image, all separate in black and white, then went to Photoshop and combined them. Would it look like Technicolor? Probably <laughs> it would. would. Look like a Hubble telescope photo. Probably <laughs> would. I don't know. That's just my <laughs> embracing of it anyway. Yeah, right. that would be good. Yeah. I, my uh, pick is, um, talk about light, uh, talk about composition. It's a Sandmark anamorphic lens for your iPhone. It's a lovely um, little piece of kit. I'm looking at it here. It's really it is nice, really it? special. Wow. And, and again, I, I, I say this as someone who's spent uh, a lot of time shooting anamorphic with big cinema cameras, that uh, the 235 to 1 ratio that, and especially with your work in landscape, Imar, this may mm-hmm. be a really interesting, provocative, but simple way to kind of relook at your environments or anyone. Mm. Um, and it just provides a very different, it's not a panorama, it is an anamorphic lens, and it does really change how you see the world. And so that is my pick of the week. Do you need a special really? app for that to then export that to something? I, I'm that assuming use? yes. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it must come with software to unsqueeze it. Yeah. So it probably photographs it, squeezes it, and then once you import it, you just kind of run it through the first its own thing. The first time I had I got in contact with anamorphic was when I was 14, 15, I think. We organized a a little movie screening with a sixteen millimeter. Uh, projector on film and we rented a film and we uh and it came in this package it came with an anamorphic lens that you had to put in front of the projector so to, through trial and error I, I understood what it is and how it works but um so i have fond memories of that yeah the bokeh is usually really really beautiful <laughs> yes. i'm not sure how it works with an iphone but uh, <laughs> that is one of the things we really really love a slightly longer lens uh that is anamorphic with a very narrow depth of field creates a very distinct and beautiful um soft imagery in the background and very distinct lens flare cjj abrams yes very very much <laughs> yes <laughs> okay last but not least, Imar, do you have a pick well, of the week? You know what? I didn't, but now I do. And it's um, Adrian's dongle for the, that I need to get <laughs> <laughs> for my, to allow okay. me to use my big camera again. So that's definitely now my pick of the week. That's awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. It, it, okay. It's one of those things that seems expensive when you look at the price on it. But when you have it... You'll or you'll never regret spending the money on that. See, I, that's I, the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's about thirty pounds or thirty dollars or thirty whevers, but okay, um, that's actually uh, which, less than guessed. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. So it'll it, it is it's a big it's a very empowering little thing. Okay, excellent. Thanks. Wonderful. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. We're at the end of the show. This was the future of photography you can find all the links and everything in the show notes and uh, don't forget to contact us we are on twitter at tfop now tfop now we have a website thefutureofphotography.com and of course all the links of the show notes are 
in your podcast client. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having you back in a week from now until then. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.